Well, hey everybody, it's good to be with you. Happy New Year. Um, I was thinking, I think this might actually be the first time that I'm not celebrating a new year as much as I am celebrating the end of the old one. And I'm just thinking, good riddance to 2020. I'm glad that it is over. But I was also thinking this. Um, if you haven't already done this, you should still look back on last year. And I know this is something we've all heard over and over. We all know it, but it, it's it's true, and we should take it to heart. God moves really powerfully in the midst of the hard stuff. And if you have been open to the Lord's work at all, um, then you really might look back on 2020 as a major turning point, as a year that you learned and grew a lot. And guys, I, I want to remind you, God was good in, in 2020, and His mercies were new. All, all 366 mornings, I looked it up, it was a leap year. Um, so I hope you will make space, if you haven't already, for some reflection and some gratitude. Now, moving forward, we are in John chapter 13 today. And this is a major pivot point in this book. Uh, this is the Last Supper. Uh, and this is literally, think about it, this is the most important meal ever. Um, the next five chapters are Jesus sitting around the table with his apprentices and giving them his final words of wisdom. Um, and so I was thinking if I could be a fly on the wall um, at any time or any place throughout any point in all of human history, it would be this meal. It would be this night. That's how significant it is. Um, I'm going to read several verses here and then we'll discuss uh, John chapter 13, starting with verse 1. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Verse 4. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. Now we're really going to zero in on these next few verses, so make sure you're following along with me. Verse 6. When Jesus came to Simon Peter... Peter said to him, Lord, are you, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. So Simon Peter explained, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you, disciples, are clean, but not all of you, for Jesus knew who would betray him. Uh, that is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Okay, now, uh, I'm going to focus here on Jesus's little chat uh, with Peter, which to be clear on this, this was not Jesus' main point. Now, he goes on to say explicitly, as you continue reading, what his point was, which is that we're supposed to be humble like he is humble, and we're supposed to serve one another like he does. That's what this whole foot-washing thing is about. Um, but that is not all that's going on here. Um, so what happens is Jesus washes the feet of a few of his disciples, and when he comes to Peter, Peter stops him and goes, Lord, you're, you're not going to wash my feet too, are you? And, and I hope 
I hope you can hear what I think pretty obviously is being implied here. He's, he, he's saying, you know, maybe, maybe these other less devout people would allow the Lord to do this, so, but, but not I. And he says, you will, you will never, ever wash my feet. Um, so here's, I, I'll just tell you what I think. I'm going to be very direct. Um, this is some sanctimonious bullcrap from Peter. I, he just, he thinks he's being so humble, like, oh Lord, I'm, I'm so pious and lowly that I could never, ever allow this to happen. But it's so obvious that he's actually doing the opposite of being humble. He's saying he's better than all the others because he's so humble. And it's really obvious. And then when Jesus says that Peter actually has to accept his kindness or he can have no part with him, then Peter completely shifts it and says, well, in that case, wash, wash my head and my hands as well. So in other words, if you think about it, he kind of does the whole thing again. And now he's saying, you know, maybe these other less devout people, your other disciples, maybe they would settle for just their feet being washed, but, but not I. All right, I'll take a whole new baptism. And he wants the whole deal. Um, and he's just... He's just, Peter's not subtle. And to be honest, he's so obnoxious to me. Um, Peter, he's this, he's this blue collar, hardworking guy who's like rough around the edges and mouthy. And I actually really like all of that stuff about him. But when it comes to anything religious, he just turns into the Monopoly guy. Have you known? And he just looks down on everyone through his monocle. And it's just so obvious that it's his insecurity and he just, he grates on me. Um, now, to be clear, to be honest, the reason why I find Peter so especially annoying is that he, he stinking reminds me of me, all right? Like, isn't that the worst? Like, um, listen, the, the people who irk you the most in this world, it, it might be that they're just that terrible, or it might just be that they remind you of yourself. Um, and that's a deal. So, so Peter, Peter is self-promoting. And that's, that's like, that's my biggest pet peeve. It's ridiculous. But I would almost rather die than seem like a self-promoter. Um, but, do you, but do you know why that is? Like why I'm so appalled by self-promoters? Why I'm so determined not to be one? It's, it's because I know that I am one and I can be one. And, and Peter here, he, Peter's being so sanctimonious in this text. And, and what's my response to that? It is honestly, it is to be just as sanctimonious toward him. Like I'm doing the same thing. See, I, I've, I've, um, I've made this vow to like not ever be a religious snob or anything like that. So what that means is I tend to just crush people who look anything like a religious snob to me. But think about why. Why did I make that vow in the first place? Again, if I'm honest, it's because I know I can be one. I can be a religious snob. So anyway, Peter's fear and insecurity are, are so obvious. He's, he's the fake humility guy who reveals his pride by trying to look so super duper humble. But if you think about it, if you've been around the church, you know this, you've studied the Bible much, that's just Peter. Peter stuffs it, he puffs his chest out all the time, trying so desperately to prove that he's not a mess. And the reason why he keeps doing that is because he knows that he's a mess. And in this case, what I think really is happening and is often with him, like he's just, he's so afraid to lose what he's got. Like, think about it. He was, he was just some 
uneducated, backwoods punchline before Jesus. But now, you know, now he's, he's been on this like incredible three-year journey where he like really, really mattered. And he was a part of something, something way bigger than him. And God handpicked him and, and he was allowed to see and, and, and even do really miraculous things. And so he's, he's on the inside and, and he's so afraid that it's going to end. Um, and so he's desperate to prove himself. You know, all that bravado that we see from him, it's just fear that he doesn't really belong and that the dream is going to end. He doesn't want to be exposed as an imposter. Um, and that, I, I think, maybe, is why Jesus had this particular lesson for Peter. Um, Jesus is making a really important statement about how to follow him when you know that you're a screw-up. So don't miss his point, and and here it is. It's simple, but it's so important. Jesus' point is this. Uh, We we get dirty along the way. We fail. We we mess up. We are messed up. Um, The world is dirty, and we live here in all of it, and nobody stays clean. Um... Now, imagine that, imagine that you live in first century Israel, okay? And so that means sandals and dirt roads are just part of everyday life. And so that means you can also be the most meticulously groomed person in the world. But if you so much as walk across the street, your feet will be dirty and they will need to be clean. That was the reality. This, what, what he's talking about, this is about sin. This is about our failures. This world is a broken, sinful world place and we live here and we we will get dirty with sin and don't don't misunderstand me um our efforts to live holy lives for the lord that is so incredibly honoring to god and we can grow and we can make incredible progress that sanctification but the lord knows we're still going to get dirty um and and in this peter was asking jesus uh, to wash him from head to toe, um, to essentially to baptize him all over again. And, and to that, Jesus, he steps in, Jesus goes, Peter, no, no, like you're already clean. You don't, you don't need to be washed from head to toe because you've already been washed from head to toe. You're a new person now. Peter, you're in the family now. You can stop trying to prove yourself now. That's not how you got in. It's not how you stay in. And yes, he's saying, yes, you're going to fail. But no, that does not mean that you start over. It doesn't It doesn't mean that you're out. It doesn't mean that you have to be saved and baptized all over again. It means... This is what he's saying. It means you have to be still and let me wash your feet. You have to come to me as a believer and repent. You have to come and confess your sins to me and let me wash you clean again. Now, I, I, I grew up in a church uh, where we would, we would sometimes have um, a, a, a good old-fashioned foot washing, Okay. Um, and, and we would, we would read this text and then we we would literally wash each other's feet. And, and, um, let let me, let me tell you something. I, 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 I know I'm not alone in this. Um, 
the hard part about that is not washing other people's feet. The hard part is letting other people wash yours. Um, so anyway, one of these services, as soon as I figured out that this was going to be one of those weird foot washing services, whenever that happened growing up, I, I would very quickly try to pair off with one of my friends um, just so we could get through it fast and make jokes under our breath and get through it quickly. And above all, above all, never make eye contact. You know, like, let's just, all right, we got to do this. Let's just get through it. Okay. Um, that was my strategy. But I, I remember this one time. There were no friends nearby. And I got caught. And this old saint of a woman, uh, she came up to me and um, asked if she could wash my feet. And the thing, thing is, man, you can't, you can't say no. You can't say no. So she did. And she, she knelt down and she washed my feet. And she didn't cut any corners, man. Like she took her time. I don't think my feet have ever been so clean. Um, and she prayed aloud the whole time. And she wept the whole time. And after a few minutes of this, uh, the Holy Spirit came and she began to pray in the spirit um, and continued to pray over me. And when she was finally done, uh, she looked at me right in the eye, still weeping. And she said, Aaron, I love you. And I'm so proud of you. And guys, it might as well have been Jesus himself in that moment. Here's the thing. It is hard to let Jesus wash our feet. But Jesus told Peter, remember, it was plainly, he said, this is not optional. And guys, here's the thing. I don't, I don't want to come to Jesus with my sin I don't, I, I want to hide in shame. And that's the truth. Like the idea of going to Jesus who already died to pay for my sin and washed me in his blood. And then I turned back to it like a dog to his vomit. And now I'm dirty again. And the idea of sitting before my king, this perfect man who already died for my sin and allowing him to kneel before me again and wash away the filth from my feet again. Because of, all because of my foolishness and my selfishness. Again, I just, I don't want to. But it is made clear that we must. And I want to be very clear about this. It's not a punishment. It is the opposite of a punishment. When we, when we get our feet dirty, we need to let Jesus show us once again how much he still loves us, to remind us the way that he did Peter, where he said, yeah, yes, you, you have picked up some dirt along the way, but don't, don't get this wrong. Like you're still in the family. You have already been washed from head to toe. Your sins don't define you. I define you. You will always be mine, but you need to let me wash this off. You can't do it. You, you can't forgive yourself. You sinned against me. So you need to come and be served once again so that you can be clean, so that nothing will stand between us. You know, 
some of us, I, I, am, I am sure that this is not just me, um, but we have a real tendency to, uh, to rush through the repentance part, you know, to just say it. Surely it's not just me. To say it just as fast as we can, you know, because it ain't fun. You know, it's okay, yes, God, I, I, I did that. Yes, I, or, or I did a whole bunch of stuff, or I didn't do a bunch of things that I should do. And it's like, you already know these things, and I know that you know these things, and I know these things, and like, I'm, I'm really sorry, and I don't want to talk about it, but I know that you forgive me, and I'm thankful, and I'm sorry. So like this transactional thing, like, are we good now? Can we move on? And just get through it as quickly as we can. Okay, now listen, that's called avoiding eye contact at all costs. And man, let me tell you, that just, it really misses the point. Please hear me when I say this. Repentance is not just settling accounts. It's not just transactional. Guys, listen, it is restoring fellowship with your father. Guys, I don't just need to get him to sign off. <laughs> I, I need him. I, I, I need to look him in the eye and I need to say, God, I'm sorry. I, I, I did it again. And then name it. I need to look him in the eye and say, I'm selfish or I lied or I have so much pride or I have lust in my heart or I failed the people I love or I let my family down. I let you down. Just whatever it is or whatever the things are, they need to be named. And the reason why that's not optional is because your soul needs nothing more than to see Jesus looking right at the, the filth and the mess and washing your feet and doing so not in anger, but in love. And then when he's done, looking up, looking you right in the eye and say, I love you and I'm so proud of you. And I just, I really hope you will make this a practice this year. Going to the Lord, hear me, not just to settle accounts, but to truly repent, to actually address the failures by name, to restore fellowship. And man, just, Lord, let it be. Let it be. I am praying that you will do it. Amen.